Hello and welcome to the British Chamber of Commerce Singapore's podcast channel. With over 15,000 downloads since launch, we are excited to bring you season four featuring in-depth content on business, global affairs and news across Singapore, ASEAN and the United Kingdom. We've had some extraordinary guests on our channel, including W Series driver Abby Eaton. And we've got thoughts of the future now. Um, you know, I'd love to to try and kind of mentor some of the younger drivers. You know, renowned UK international education champion Professor Sir Steve Smith. Over about a four-year period, we kept increasing the resources going into mental health provision. Chief Executive and Director of the London Design Museum. Tim Marlowe. The way we design is actually thinking about the needs of, of everyone. And CEO of the industry cluster group at JTC, Alvin Tan. If you look at PDD, we are creating an ecosystem of companies, government agencies and industry association with digital space. Thank you, as always, for your continued support, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to the British Chamber of Commerce Singapore and another episode of In Conversation. My name is David Kelly and I'm the Executive Director here at the Chamber. And this is the series where I sit down with some truly interesting and inspiring people to find out more about them and what they do and their organisations. Now, the Chamber sits at the heart of business in Singapore. It's a really thriving ecosystem of fantastic businesses from startups through to large MNCs. And over the last few years, we've seen many UK activities, both in Singapore and regionally, from the Free Trade Agreement to the Digital Economy Agreement through to the Green Economy Framework. There is a lot of UK-Singapore activity that embeds the deep and broad relationship between both of our countries. More recently, the United Kingdom signed a new strategic partnership with Singapore covering economic cooperation, climate sustainability, the green economy and energy cooperation, research, science, innovation and technology cooperation, the public sector and finally security, of which there is interest across cyber resilience and the digital economy more broadly. So, with it being Singapore International Cyber Week this week, I'm really delighted to welcome, as my guest today, Baroness Lucy Neville-Rolf, DBE-CMG. Baroness Neville-Rolf has been a minister in the Cabinet Office at the heart of the UK government since 2022. Lucy has a broad range of responsibilities, including cybersecurity and other national security-related areas, the Conflict Stability and Security Fund, which is a £1 billion fund that tackles conflict, stability and security challenges overseas, tackling public sector fraud and the post-Brexit trade border. Lucy joined the House of Lords as a Conservative peer in October 2013 and has served as a junior minister in the Business, Culture, Treasury departments between 2014 and 2017. For much of this period, she was the Minister for Intellectual Property and in 2015-2016 responsible for data protection. Lucy's worked at Tesco PLC from 1997 to 2013 and was an executive director on the main board from 2006. She served on the boards of ITV, PwC, Metro AG and other organisations and has chaired Eurocommerce, the EU Retail Trade Association, the UK ASEAN Business Council and Crown Agents. Minister of State, a hugely warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for your time and for joining us whilst you're here in Singapore. Well, David, thank you so much. Um, I think it's so good to catch up with the Chamber of Commerce and hear all the great work that you're doing. And it's great to be here in Singapore because it's, you know, it's a, 
it's a perfect place. It's got an open approach, um, and it's growing, and it's a really nice place to be located and to conduct international cooperation as we're doing this week. Oh, superb. And I'm really pleased you've popped in to see us. You've had an incredible career and many of our listeners will know you not only through your commercial credentials, um, but also chair of the UK ASEAN Business Council, as I've mentioned, and previously your many roles within the UK government. What have you seen as being the major shifts during your career impacting businesses both operating in the UK and overseas? I think the most fundamental change has been the move to digital, and obviously that is now AI as well. So that's been a revolution in my lifetime. Um, And of course, it's raised the threat and the importance of things that I deal with, like cyber and fraud. Uh, But it's also brought great opportunities for business. You've also seen a shift, I think, from manufacturing to services. Mm. And, And then you've got a greater need, and I think you help here in Singapore, for companies to understand government and to understand politics, uh, you know, as regulation and standards become increasingly important internationally. So you've got a really important set of portfolios for the United Kingdom, and you're over here for Singapore International Cyber Week. What are you looking forward to this week, and what is it about this region that is so important around some of those pieces? I, I think for the UK, the share scale and importance of the relationship you know, 21.1 billion pounds in trade both ways Mm. and pretty evenly divided. And because we're discussing digital, you know, ASEAN is due to become, I think, in the top five of digital economies by 2025. Um, But the region itself, I know well from my uh, business and my ministerial Mm. career. And it's, you know, it's the growth potential is enormous. 60% of global shipping already passes through the region. 50% of global growth will come from the region by 2050. And there are lots of Brits living here and living across the regions who you're serving so well. Um, And our our ties with Singapore are growing. You, in your introduction, mentioned a number of important events. And I suppose the most important for me to emphasise would be the Singapore Strategic Partnership was signed by our two Prime Ministers only last month at the G20. And, you know, Singapore, like the UK, is sort of free enterprise, democratic, good governance. We have a lot of values that we share. And um, sharing values and relationships are so important in Asia. And relationships that are also heavily sort of linked to data as well. There's some interesting developments, I think, coming up, including some cooperation between the United Kingdom and Singapore on cyber skills. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that might look like? Well, as you know, I think we both understand, as I've emphasised, the importance of international cooperation. Mm. Um, And what we've found is that there is a global shortage of cyber experts. I'm going to be talking about this at the conference tomorrow. And we in the UK are committed to increasing the quality, the number, and the diversity of cyber skills. And so one of the things we would like to see is more interoperability between professional standards to ensure that we're encouraging the practitioners to have a consistent quality bar. And um, I'm planning to agree a statement of intent with Communications and Cyber Minister uh, Josephine Tao this week. And we know that Singapore are very dedicated to improving professional standards across the board and cyber 
looks like an excellent example of how we could work together and indeed involve the um, British Chamber of Commerce here in that process. And it's an area I'm sort of quite passionate about in terms of um, capacity building and supporting skills and the development of skills for the future. Do you really think there is a skills shortage here um, that we can address collectively between both countries? Well, there's certainly a skills shortage, you know, if all of the different countries that I deal with are saying that they've got this same skills shortage. Mm. Some of us are further ahead, I think, in doing things to meet it. We obviously have uh, very professional cyber skills, not least within the British government, and a lot of them are here this week. So we've got a lot of senior cyber professionals here, and we've got a trade mission of eight companies uh, demonstrating the support we provide to our world-class cyber industry. Um, so I think you know, professionalism has to be the key. And there's a £13 million programme developed jointly with the ASEAN partners mm. um, and being implemented by BAE, a British company, the first phase of that, to build cyber capabilities, exchanges, projects coming through. Super. And we really look forward to supporting you with that journey as well here with our wider other chamber network. I mean, the digital economy is getting so important, isn't it? I think we've seen the first uh, digital movement of a physical good from the UK to Singapore. Why is the digital economy so important to you, Minister of State? And what are the opportunities for businesses that you see in the region? It is a sector that has grown out of all proportion in recent years. We've got our own unicorns, such as Quantexa, mm. who we use AI company to try and help us with fraud. Um, but actually, digital is affecting every single sector of the economy. I mean, I was talking about this right at the beginning. So it has affected education, it's affected research, it's affected health, it's affected banking, and of course, it's affected security, as well as making things like car manufacturing very different, yeah. because so much of the value of a car is now in the digital innards. But the reason I think it's important here is that ASEAN has more than 400 million digital consumers. And I think also there's a big shift in the way that people are uh, using technology to pay and that sort of and, and yeah. using data in a way for financial inclusion. Is, yeah, is, I mean, is our life has changed completely, hasn't yeah. it? With the electronic wallet and the way that one can just uh, go into a coffee shop here and pay on the card that's on one's phone. It's extraordinary. And, and we live in a, a unique market here, and it, it is a pleasure to have you here in Singapore. That Many companies see Singapore as being the lily pad for the wider ASEAN region. Can you just talk to our listeners a little bit about some of the programmes that you're thinking more regionally that you think are coming up, and, and how the UK can sort of further engage with yeah. other ASEAN states? Well, I think the, the thing that I would emphasise, which I've already mentioned, is mm. our £13 million programme. Um, boosting the cyber capability of ASEAN through capacity building and you know, work on threat detection and what you do about it. I've sat on a number of boards and I know that this is an area uh, that board directors worry about a lot, mm. not least because if you have a, a release of data, um, there are in Singapore but also in the UK there are fines, you, it's, a, it's a worry if your consumer's data leaks out in any way. So it's a very important area for business, and it's also important in terms of the international collaboration we need in Southeast Asia. That's fantastic to hear. Um, and I know, sort of having had a, a previous meeting with you before we're recording this, that diversity and inclusion and, and women in cyber is close to your heart as well. 
Um, I believe you're looking to launch a women in cyber network across Southeast Asia um, to facilitate women-led projects that address regionally specific cybersecurity challenges. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? This sounds really, really exciting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It is exciting, and I'm so glad to be talking about it today. I said that skills are a priority, mm. as is professionalisation. And we know that bringing in diverse skills, especially, frankly, uh, women's skills, and they're underrepresented in, in some Asian businesses, that that can help to crack the skills shortage and provide advancement you know, to women. Um, and so it's a sort of real win-win. Um, and it will also involve exchange between the UK um, and other, some of the other ASEAN countries in Singapore. Um, and I think can make a big difference. We already have, you know, senior women in, in the cyber effort in the UK and the Cabinet Office. And I'd like to see that in more countries. Yeah, superb. Um, we take, take diversity and inclusion extremely important here at the Chamber as well. So we've talked about businesses, we've talked about the region, um, we've talked about a bit, bit about diversity. Can we talk a little bit about digital diplomacy? Um, because with data being such an important asset to both businesses and governments, how do you work with diplomats and your counterparts in other ASEAN states? And how does the UK fit into that? I mean, this is a key part of our diplomatic effort. We've got a very strong high commission here in mm. Singapore that includes security experts and digital experts. Um, and we've got these important principles for UK cyber activity, accountability, legitimacy, transparency, and inclusivity, which we've talked about already. Um, and I think we are seen as one of the leading and most responsible democratic cyber powers. And our ministerial engagement, of which I'm you know, the latest traveler, I, I think reflects that. Um, and of course, the Foreign Secretary was in the region last, last month. Yeah. Um, and we need to do more of it. And digital is one of the areas of importance highlighted in the strategic partnership signed by Rishi Sunak, our Prime Minister. Um, so all of, a lot of diplomatic effort is going into this. And Singapore has been, Singapore UK has been a trailblazer. Fabulous, and fabulous to see it into the, uh, the strategic partnership between both our countries as well. So, looking forward, um, what are you excited about as your role as Minister of State? Are there things that you can share with us that you're, that you're looking to do, or things you're excited about on the horizon, or that you hope to achieve? Well, outside the area we've been discussing, I'm very excited about getting the procurement bill through next week. Okay. That's about a step change that we're making um, in the way that goods are purchased right across the public sector. You know, it's 300 billion pounds a year. And I'm very keen to get more small companies involved Brilliant. and to have, you know, better contracting. So that's um, something that I've been busy on ever since I took over as minister and yeah. hope to bring to an end uh, this side of Christmas and then we can get on with bringing it in. Um, and then we've also made a step change in the last year on tackling public sector fraud, which obviously is win-win because if you lose less money through fraud you have more to spend at a time when you know, budgets are tight but then I think in a way it's so exciting to be here um, to be collaborating again in this wonderful mm. dynamic and growing region bringing investors and innovation um, to Asia 
um, from Europe, from the UK, you know, and to be standing up for an area of work where I think the UK are doing a lot of very innovative and, you know, world-leading things. Fabulous. And can you just tell our listeners about your move into politics? Um, what moved you from business to politics? And, and I think you've still got a, sort of a foot in both camps, which I think is hugely useful for companies where you're still so connected to how businesses operate, but also what happens from a policy perspective. I mean, how, how did you get involved in politics in the first place? Well, I got involved by a call on Christmas Eve from David Cameron. Wow. When I was about to retire from Tesco, it was obviously a complete shock. Um, but I, I joined a pro-business party, and I've tried to reflect the value of working with business in my four jobs as a minister. Yeah. Obviously, I don't any longer have any interest in business, because that's something when you have the honor of being made a minister, you have to give up. Mm. But of course, I know what value business can add, both domestically and in international cooperation. And obviously, I'm very pleased to work for Rishi Sunak as Prime Minister. He wants an open and competitive economy. He recognizes the importance of SMEs and international relationships. And he recognizes, having worked in California, the importance of digital um, and of AI. And of course, he's having a forthcoming AI safety summit at the beginning of November, which is bringing people together from around the world to look at the challenges and opportunities including, obviously, a delegation from Singapore. And that phone call on Christmas Eve, was it a, oh, yeah, that's something I quite fancy doing, or, or feels a bit well, different, it, or it, I feel I can contribute all of my, all of my career I was actually, I, I actually said to the Prime Minister, well, I'd love to do it, but I have to work, because at that time I was the wage earner. And he said, oh, that's fine, because you can continue to work as, you know, as long as you come to the house some of the time. And that's what I did for a while. Okay. And then I was lured into being a government minister. So it's been, it was a very, a very happy call, and I'm obviously very grateful to him. Fabulous. Now, before we say a quick goodbye, um, and I'm very looking forward to sort of seeing, seeing your rest of the rest of your week, um, there is a question that we ask all of our, um, our guests on the channel, which is, if I could offer you the British Chamber of Commerce time machine, and through all of your experiences that you've gained throughout your career, you could go back to a younger self to give yourself some advice, when would you go back to that younger self and what advice would you give yourself? It's a difficult question mm. and I think that I would say I was started as a civil servant and then I went into business mm. and I would say that as a civil servant and it's still true you, you don't learn as much about managing and leading teams as you do when you're in business because they've got the bottom line and that's the only way you can get things done. So I think a little bit more of that, a little bit earlier in my career, would have been very useful. Um, but I've had a very good career anyway, so um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> Minister of State, thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure to sit down and talk to you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the British Chamber of Commerce Singapore's podcast channel. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe and why not leave us a rating and review on Spotify, Apple, Google and the other podcast platforms. For more information about the Chamber, please visit our website at www.britcham.org.sg and tune in next time for a brand new episode.